0: Listener supported, WNYC Studios. From the pages of The New Yorker, this is the Weekly Comment Podcast. In Words of the Year, Louis Menand writes about the importance of words. If language, as Emerson said, is fossil poetry, then youthquake seems like a plastic bone. Youthquake is the verbal concoction recently declared word of the year, the year being 2017, by the experts at Oxford Dictionaries. They define it as significant cultural, political, or social change arising from the actions or influence of young people. The actions and the influence of young people not being unusually notable or effectual during the past year, you might wonder whether the Oxonians are confusing 2017 with 1967. Actually, Youthquake dates from 1965, when it was coined by the fashion industry. But Oxford says that the incidence of youthquake spiked around the time of the British elections last June, when the Conservative Party did worse than expected, and a surge of votes for Labour was attributed to high turnout among younger voters. Given that Labour did not win a majority and Brexit remains in progress under the auspices of a Conservative Prime Minister, it's a little hard to know what the quake part was. Youthquake has also been criticized in Britain as the kind of word that someone sitting at a desk such as a headline writer might come up with, a word that no one would use in speech. People prefer to have their neologisms boil up unbidden from the global electronic soup. Like, for instance, milkshake duck, one of the runners-up to Youthquake. You can Google that one. And is it a word or is it a meme? Nevertheless, we are assured that youthquake is a word on the move. Other usage professionals have chosen their own words of the year, 2017 edition, and the honorees have a similarly wonky character. Populism, Cambridge Dictionary, Feminism, Merriam-Webster's, and Complicit, Dictionary.com. According to Merriam-Webster's, feminism was the most searched for word in its online dictionary, up 70% from 2016. But who in 2017 needed to be told what feminism means? Upon searching, these people would have learned from Merriam-Webster's that the definition of feminism is the theory of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. Some number of them were probably relieved to learn that it is still just a theory. On the whole, 2017 was not a great year for the English language. Reality is running ahead of our vocabulary. For one thing, no good terms have emerged to describe the current state of political affairs. What is the ideology of this administration? It is not social conservatism or neoliberalism, and it is certainly not populism, though it may be faux-populism. Nationalism seems to be the default term, but that does not capture the freebooting and bullying behavior of everyday political life. Normal terms do not apply. We are living in a down-is-up, war-is-peace world. It may be that in the language of politics, a few words are ready to be cycled out. Some of these are words that ended up on a losing side. It is a good bet that Americans will not be hearing diversity or together much in the next presidential election. In a lexicon of commentary, some terms have suffered serious semantic erosion and could be dropped. Normalization once meant making the deviant conform to the ordinary, but it now means the opposite, accepting the deviant as the new ordinary. Pivot, used to mean turning one's attention to, as in Obama's pivot to China. It now means something more like faking it for political effect, as in, my God, Trump is not pivoting. It turned out he didn't because he couldn't. It would be nice to see if we can live without double down, which now seems to mean refuse to acknowledge the obvious, and breaking news. Isn't that a redundancy? Arguably, the word of the year is not a word at all. It is an alphanumeric character. Hashtag. The president speaks in hashtag, but so do the president's opponents, and so does, for example, the hashtag Me movement. Like most major shifts in communicative modes, hashtag democratizes while freaking out traditionalists who worry, not wrongly, about the loss of ambiguity and complexity. But look, something is being said, and it's being read. With all the damage that's being done to the social fabric in matters ranging from race relations to income equality, to name just two areas where the national leadership seems not only determined to make things worse, but weirdly excited about it, fretting over the state of the language seems like an indulgence. Fossil poetry or not, words are tools, and what matters is the job that they are being made to do. Still, language is a commons. It's a resource that we share, and the resource is impoverished when words are redefined, weaponized, or otherwise co-opted and bent out of shape. A good candidate for word of the year in this category is fake. Fake once meant counterfeit or inauthentic, like a fake Picasso or a fake birth certificate. It is now used to mean I deny your reality. Hoax is used with the same intention. Alternative facts, another phrase associated with reality denial, seems to have been mocked out of existence. Many Americans were shocked to hear their beliefs characterized as fake science or fake news. Those Americans thought that they understood what counts as evidence, what counts as reason, what counts as an argument. Suddenly the rules changed. In national politics, you no longer need evidence or reason. You no longer need to make an argument. You need only to assert. If your assertion is questioned, you need only to repeat it. Fake and hoax are the abracadabras of the Trump world. Words recited to make inconvenient facts disappear. In most of life after nursery school, abracadabra doesn't work because it stops fooling other people. For grown-ups, as a rule, saying something doesn't make it so. This is not true of presidents, however, grown-up or not. Presidents are legally empowered to make what comes out of their mouths a reality for other people. This president has realized that he can say literally anything, and someone will pop up to explain it, or explain it away. When I use a word, it means just what I choose it to mean, Humpty Dumpty says to Alice. How can you make a word mean so many different things, Alice asks. The question, Humpty Dumpty replies, is which is to be master, that's all. George Orwell said the same thing, meaning, at bottom, is about power. Truth, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. once said, is the majority vote of that nation that could lick all others. A disagreeable thought, but not an in-opposite one in 2017. Later on, of course, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, something to look forward to in 2018. Happy New Year. That was Words of the Year by Louis Menand from The New Yorker magazine January 8, 2018. Narrated by Jamie Rennell. Also in the magazine this week, Dana Goodyear on Hollywood after Weinstein, Siddhartha Mukherjee on his father's coma, Evan Osnos on China and Donald Trump, Anthony Lane on Phantom Thread, Louis Menand on the presidential election of 1968, Carrie Baton on Lil Peep and Lil Zan, fiction by Sadia Shepherd, and more. Audible.com produces a weekly audio edition of The New Yorker. To subscribe or to download individual issues, we invite you to go to www.audible.com and enter New Yorker in the search box. To subscribe to the comment podcast, go to www.newyorker.com or to the New Yorker Room on the iTunes Store.